The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And uh, thank you to all of you that are listening with us today. We're really glad that you're here. And our topic for today is Give It All You've Got. My guest is Kevin F. And uh, Kevin's got some ideas about uh, that being in recovery doesn't mean that you have to forever define yourself as sick. So we're going to be talking about that and what does well-being look like and uh, how is it that paradox of being a person in recovery that on the one hand, uh, we're people that uh, think that on the one level we got here because we had a lot of problems that were too much for us and on the other hand, uh, we're on a path of well-being. So Kevin's got some ideas he's going to share with us today about that. So um, thanks for listening and we're glad that you're letting your friends and the other people in your recovery circles and your unity community know about the spirit of recovery. It's exciting to be broadcasting from Unity Online Radio on the topic of recovery. And uh, I love hearing from you, our listeners, and we're uh, just hoping that you'll call in today or send us an email. The number to call in is 888-558-6489, or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And uh, we have a book that we give away every week, and you can... Uh, contact us for that and or later in the program. We hope you'll have a comment or a question for Kevin. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. Recovery is a large tent. So if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of addiction or a family member in your own recovery as a family member, or if you're a family member or friend with someone who has the disease of addiction, whether or not they're in recovery, or if you're simply somebody that's looking for some more information about the recovery process, we welcome you and we welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and trained in addictions counseling. And also, I am a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. About 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And ever since then, 
ever since then, my life's been an integration of unity and recovery principles. Keeps me growing, and I'm grateful Hello. and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your recovery. So, uh, on every show, we do have a drawing and a giveaway, and uh, we're going to be giving away a book. And that book is uh, from the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation. That's www.hazelden.org. And um, so today, the book that we're going to be giving away is called A New Day, A New Life. And he, uh, the author of that is William Cope Moyers, M-O-Y-E-R-S. Uh, William is, uh, he works for Hazelden Foundation. He um, actually works with uh, com- connection with the community in terms of political issues. And he does a lot of work of advocacy for people in recovery. And he's been one of the ones that helped get the, uh, I guess it was last year, get some changes done in national funding for mental health and got a better mental health bill in. And um, he also uh, writes, and he is, uh, and this you'll see in his book, he is a person that's also in recovery himself. This book, A New Day, A New Life, is a guided journal, and in it, uh, William blends science and spirituality, and uh, it's a good model for success in recovery. So I know that you would enjoy that book and that you would um, like to have that. So we hope that you'll email us or that you'll call us in in just a little bit and that you will um, get your name in the drawing for this book. So today we are talking about the topic of give it all you, you've got. And um, we're going to be looking at the question of whether or not to be in recovery, we have to always define ourselves as sick. And joining me is my guest, Kevin F. And Kevin has been in recovery now for some time, and uh, he is recovering from addiction to alcohol and other drugs. Kevin's an entrepreneur, and he's an event promoter, and he also hosts an internet radio station, and that station broadcasts a variety of spiritual and progressive cultural topics. Kevin's a spiritual seeker, and he is a unity member who believes that we are whole and worthy expressions of God and that recovery means that we live full lives, giving back to our re- communities. So, Kevin. Yeah, how are you doing? Today. I'm good. Glad that you're I'm, with us today. I want you to always introduce my entrances and exits. That was awesome. Thank you for what you said. That that sounded pretty good to me. You're welcome. You're really welcome. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here with us. And I know that you are involved and have been for quite some time in spreading a spiritual message to the world via your Internet radio uh, network, and you promote spiritually-based events. And um, why does that matter to you, to give uh, the world some spiritual information and some opportunities to have spiritual uh, learning? Well, you know, um, I was just discussing this with a gentleman uh, Paul Wedding earlier today, and we have kind of similar paths, and we we're we we're discussing that where it all fits in and why we do what we do. And my answer is something like this: I 
I've always been on a spiritual path. I think we all are. I just never knew that I was up until about five or six years ago. And that path included um, difficulties with with alcohol, alcoholism, and difficulties with lots of addictions, you know. Um, and I'm blessed to have had that, really. Uh, I'm a very, very fortunate person to have those issues in my life because they've been great teachers for me. And as I look around the world, not to judge or anything, but uh, the thing that gentlemen and I were discussing were, were our homeless population here in Dallas and in Michigan. And we see so many people on the streets who have issues that are connected to uh, mental health or mental illness, depending upon how you look at it. Commonly and without stereotyping, there are addiction issues. There's issues with alcohol and, and other uh, addiction stuff going on there. And it doesn't take being homeless to have those same issues. We look around the world, and I mean, there's a guy who's been on a rant about you know, his life, the highest paid actor for CBS, and, uh, you know, it's created a lot of conversation about, you know, what is sobriety, what what is it not, when do you say you're addicted and when you're not, when do you look for help and not, and, and the whole thing. It's been kind of up for grabs and, and discussed. So the reason I do what I do is certainly not to tell people what they should do. I'm not a big fan of dogma, whether it's religious or, or personal or a bias, or anything like that. I just want to share my experience with people because the more I talk about it, the more I meet people, the more people I meet who have similar issues, who have been through similar situations, and I find that I'm not alone. Uh, and that this I'm not the first person who's ever been here going through these situations and been in these situations and tried to figure out a better way to live. It seems like we're all doing that. And when I meet people who think there's no hope and there's no way out or feel as though they're stuck and they can't get out, I let them know, hey, you know, I've been just as stuck. You know, sometimes worse than you, sometimes not as bad, but I've been there and I can relate on my level and I just want you to know you're not alone. We're in this together. We're all connected, and we're all having an abundance of similar situations in our lives. And uh, and I can relate to my family looking and doing, you know, looking at what I've been through and how they felt about it. And I can relate to these other people's family and know how their parents felt when uh, they didn't hear from their child for a few years or, you know, never thought they were really going to amount to anything. And then, you know, something happens, and through the grace of God, you're able to turn things around. So the more I do and speak to people, the more I find people, and the less lonely I feel, the less um, obsolete, the less um, unique, really. I mean, I am a unique expression, just like you are, we all are, of, of God, certainly. But I'm not always as unique, and, uh, I, you know, my ego likes likes me to think that I have this problem, and it's me, and no one understands, and and all of that really isn't true. It's 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 an illusion. And so, the more I do this and express spirituality in the way that I know to do it from my own experience, um, I just feel better about myself, and I hope that I inspire people to 
to know that there's another day ahead, that there is hope. And more than that, there, there are solutions to things, and uh, there's help. And we can all do this together and get along a little farther down the road than maybe we thought was possible. It's a paradox that, as human beings, we have to know that what we're doing doesn't work very well, that we have flaws, or, or if you want to say we have a disease, if it's talking about addiction or, or mental health issues or compulsions or whatever you want to call it, that we have to know that we've got problems in order to know that we're whole. How would you explain that paradox? Uh, well, it's kind of like feeling that you're blessed to be sick. <laughs> you know, That's kind of because... goofy. How does that work? I agree with you. How does it work? Well, I just want to tell you, um, I'll answer your question definitely, but I want people to know you gave this great talk about being the fool. And uh, I was sitting there in church listening to you talk about that subject and lead off with that. And my girlfriend was poking me in the side because uh, I, I think that's how I spend my days, you know, looking at these things that seem to be paradoxes and um, and things that are enigmatic. And uh, that's how I feel about this whole subject. There's so much that's kind of gray. It's not so black and white. And... Um, First of all, I think that it's just like when you learn in 12-step programs, uh, whether it's, you know, AA or, or NA, and, and I want to make clear, I am certainly not speaking for any particular program at all. I'm just sharing my, my experience. But, you know, uh, you're cruising along. You're doing your thing. Uh, you think that all your friends are doing the same thing, that you begin to think that, you know, being high every day, Day after day is normal because the people you've attracted to your reality are doing the same thing. Uh, you go to work and you hear about people, oh, man, you know, I didn't go to bed last night. I went and drank and da-da-da, and I'm sick, you know, and boy, am I hungover. And you're just like, oh, so maybe I should be hungover too because really that's a cool guy, I think, and he lives in this amazing place. I want to be like him, so it's, it's okay to go out and, and, and do this craziness, you know? Um, the way I have learned to understand it is that I'm not normal <laughs> in those ways. My body doesn't process alcohol, for instance, in the same way. It, it, at least it, it didn't uh, as, as other people. And uh, I wanted to get along and behave uh, like them, and I wanted to go out and have fun and do all the things. I grew up a very shy person. Uh, my feet were turned inward as a child, and they didn't think I would walk. I stuttered very badly. I still worked my way around words, and I never thought they never thought I'd be able to speak correctly. I was always I didn't say anything. Very shy, underweight, anemic, the whole thing. And here I am today, talking to people and doing my thing, which is another paradox. But you know, I just wanted to fit in. And drinking or getting high and all the other stuff I did seemed like a great invitation. It was just like the silver platter I was looking for to get into some of these groups that I so badly wanted to fit in because they were popular, they were fun. And I never realized things that I was doing was a problem until the proverbial stuff hit the fan. And then it kind of occurred to me, huh, 
you know, do I do I really want to be wrestling a police officer to the ground <laughs> after drinking lots of gin and uh, gin and tonics and end up in jail with people who are, you know, I'm not like these people. And then the next realization happens of the paradox. It's like, no, you're just like those people. You you're one. You know, you are that. And then you begin to go, wow, this is a problem. But until you're able to stop and just take a break and slow down and begin to understand yourself in ways that you've never understood before, as well as for me, realize through these 12-step programs I participated in a whole new concept for what God could be, what spirit could be, what a higher power was. Uh, that radically changed my life based on what I, you know, compared to what I had learned as a child. So, I mean, you know, you go along in life and you don't think things that you're doing are really a problem. And for some reason, you're, you're in that. And then something happens to enlighten you and you learn new information, new data arrives, and you look at things from a different perspective. And that could be age. It could be, you know, a severe incident like jail or, you know, accident or, you know, death of close people. Uh, and there are warning signs along the way. I guess it's just a matter of uh, when you finally begin to realize them and say, hmm, you know, I'm not happy here. Uh, this isn't bringing me what I thought it would. There must be a different way. And you reach out for a different perspective, uh, and hopefully it arrives or you accept something different in your reality than you did before. And uh, you look at things as a little bit different. And then you begin to see the problems as blessings and as, you know, instead of everything being a crisis and stamping out fires, they really become opportunities. And you learn to use all of those things and experiences as you, that you've been through, not as time wasted, but as, uh, you know, internships we serve here in this life to gain knowledge and learn and help and grow and become build character and become the people you know that we are today hopefully you know bright awake aware and uh you know helping instead of just taking yeah it strikes me uh kevin that you had to know your oneness with other people in terms of your problems when you spoke about finding yourself in jail with people and at first thinking oh that's not i'm not like that but then realizing yes i am like that and finding that common humanity in the in the midst of problems and human frailty before you could find that common humanity in the sense of goodness or a sense of power or connection to to god mhm and because for me um I was removed a generation from serious drinking and otherwise. Um, in my heritage, in my grandfathers and great-grandfathers, I did not know this until later on. They were known as drinkers and smokers, you know. All right, and, we're going to um, have to cut it off right now yep. for a break, but we want to hear more about that when we get back. Okay. When we come back, we're going to start with the Serenity Minute, and then we'll keep talking with Kevin about Give It All You've Got. Give us a call at 888-55-UNITY or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We'll be right back.
we'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity Online radio family of listeners, to support this ministry through a love offering. For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. and 88 hours. That's how long most of us will spend at work this year. You'll spend about the same amount of time sleeping. So when does that leave time for the stuff that really matters, like your spiritual practice? The good news is your spirituality doesn't have to be separate from your job. It can and should be woven into everything you do, especially in the workplace. New from Unity Books, Good Business, putting spiritual principles into practice at work. Charlotte Shelton, co-host of the Unity Online radio show, Good Business, brings you insights from some of her top guests. Learn from 20 good business leaders, including Brian Tracy, Rianne Eisler, Peter Block, Daryl Connor, and Margaret Wheatley. They'll show you how to bring spiritual principles into alignment with best business practices to create thriving, sustainable organizations and fulfilling lives for the people who work in them. Make the most of your 2,088 hours. Tune in to Good Business Mondays at 4 p.m. Central and purchase the new book, Good Business, online today at www.unitybooks.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Give It All You've Got. And my guest is Kevin F. We're talking about the paradoxes of being a person in recovery. We're exploring the idea of uh, do you have to say forever that you're a sick person in order to be a well person in recovery. So we're looking at that topic from lots of different angles. 
Before Kevin and I continue our conversation, I invite you, our listeners, to join me in a moment as we center ourselves in peace of mind in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax, open your mind to this constructive idea. I am worthy. I am whole. I am a good and loving person. I am worthy. I am whole. I am a good and loving person. Thank you, friends, for joining us in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that you had an opportunity to feel that peace and serenity that lives in you all the time. So now we're back with my guest, Kevin F. We're talking about Give It All You've Got, and this right now is a great time to give us a call at 888-55-UNITY. Or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And uh, we'd put your name in the drawing for our book. And our book today is A New Day, A New Life by William Cope Moyers. It's a guided journal uh, that focuses on recovery concepts. It's a great daily journal that you can write in. And also it has a DVD with it. So that's an excellent book donated by Hazelden Foundation. So we'll put your name in the drawing for that. Also, we'd love you to make comments or questions to our guest, Kevin. So, Kevin, before the break, you were telling us about your family history a little bit. That's so common. You said that uh, there was, it sounds like there was addiction uh, to nicotine. There was addiction to perhaps alcohol, the disease of alcoholism uh, in your family, but you didn't know about it. That's pretty common in families because families, you know, we still, even in this day and age, we're ashamed of it and we cover it up and we think somehow that means there's something bad about our family if that disease is there. So how do you think that affected you that you didn't know really about well, uh, what had happened? There was, you know, it, it kind of skipped a generation. Um, my dad did drank I have pictures of him when he was in World War II. He was in there right at the end. And uh, pictures of when he went to Hawaii as a very, very young man and uh, at a at a bar somewhere in Honolulu, you know, having highballs, you know. But I never knew him as a drinker. And after the war, he didn't drink anymore. Only, only later on in, in his older age did... I ever see him, I went to his home and, and was visiting him, and there was like a beer in the refrigerator. But he never really, really drank. And my mom never drank or did anything, smoked cigarettes or nothing like that. But the generation before, my grandfathers, they were hellraisers. <laughs> you know, they were uh, brilliant Irish people who, you know, drank and smoked cigarettes and uh, they were uh, a bunch of inventors and entrepreneurs for their time and and did a lot of marvelous things, but several of them died of, of cancer, and I had an uncle that died of uh, uh, alcohol poisoning. His, his, his liver was just completely destroyed. Um, but I just was once removed from it. And, you know, like my dad didn't talk about the war, one of those guys, and, and I always respected that. And the family just didn't talk about the bad things. 
and it wasn't until later on when I kind of went back through my family history and figured out when we came came over, you know, uh, and and just trace it all back. Did I ever learn? Oh, there it is. And then the the thing you when you go to meetings and everything, people talk about, oh yeah, my mom or my dad or my sister, or whatever. But there's there's quite a contingency of people where it seems to skip a generation. So. That's right. That's right. How did it change your understanding of yourself to find out about the family history? Because alcoholism and other drug uh, addiction has a huge genetic component. We're just starting to understand that with the brain research and other research that's going on now. The, the early founders of Alcoholics Anonymous knew it intuitively. That I don't think they understood it, but just by observation, they mm-hmm. realized there was a physical component that was way out of a person's – I mean, you couldn't control it. Somehow, to, there was some predilection you were born with uh, physically. Um, so now there's a lot more awareness of it, but still um, – you know, it, it can often make a difference when people realize that, wow, you know, there's a physical component to this that has something to do with my genetics. Did it yeah. affect you when you found out about the family history? Well, yeah, because the alcohol and the addiction stuff, I think, skipped a generation, but not depression and not mental illness and not to the extent of hospitalization and things like that. But, uh, you know, my mother, for instance, God bless her, you know, she she made her transition in 2001, uh, about 10 years ago. And uh, she was a bit manic-depressive, you know, and uh, she dealt with it in, in different ways. She didn't, she didn't really drink. There was never alcohol around, and I know she didn't drink on her own. She just didn't touch the stuff. But I know she had bouts with depression, and... I believe that my dad went through the same thing, and not that that attracted each other to one another, but, you know, they attracted the same type of people to one another. And I think from what I understand about my uncle that I mentioned who passed away and my my grandfathers and everything, it wasn't just that there was alcohol and they smoked a lot of cigarettes, you know. It was there was a pattern of depression in the family. And that was a common way to deal with those things or, you know, to, to get nerve, you know, and to not be a coward and, you know, to face life and everything. So I think it was also connected to that in some odd genetic kind of way. Right. It can take uh, some of the shame away when people start to understand that, that uh, there can be a complex of things that are happening uh, physically that get people uh mixed up in, in mental health issues and or in uh, addiction issues, that it's not about ha- being, quote, a bad character. It's about having uh, they can having a physical predilection, and it can really reduce some shame. Shame is a big issue that people in recovery deal with. How have you seen mm-hmm. that issue surface, and how do you deal with it? Oh, well, yeah, because, you know, part of my story is also about, um, you know, it. I didn't just come to the through twelve steps and boom, it was done. It took a few times for it to sink in, and uh, during those times, I became homeless. And I would say I was more of a transient homeless. It wasn't long lasting, but in those depths, and certainly looking back, 
with 2020 hindsight, I know that I had a huge sense of underachieving, of and 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 being in shame for that, not having a very good uh, self identity. Uh, you know, not believing in myself and feeling like if people didn't believe in me, I wasn't, and just being a failure. And all of that, all of that deep, sticky, dark stuff that's that's down in 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 your soul potentially. And I think I think it's also down in the DNA sometimes. You know, uh, I'm not sure what all we do past to, to each other through DNA or energetically. And you know, I'm not a physicist, and I'm certainly not a doctor, or biologist, but uh, I think it's there, and it's been a pattern in my family and. That's the thing that I begin to realize. I have an opportunity in this lifetime for me at this point to uh, to possibly break the cycle and to be aware and to understand that I have this pattern, I have this, this genetic predisposition, I have this mental predisposition, and my family has too. And now I'm meeting other people just like me in these rooms that share similar stories, you know, you sit there, you sit there, I mean, there was a, there were times when I was so hungry for this, you know, I went to three or four meetings a day, and that was walking and on a bus, because I knew if I showed up, and I, you know, suited up and showed up, I knew at some point, or at least in one of those meetings, I'd meet someone that had my story, you know, and it, and it could be a girl, it could be an older guy, it could be a younger person, you know, uh, it could be a speaker, you know, it could be speaker night, there could be a speaker there, and this, then this amazing person, and of course with anonymity, you know, they might be a famous person to me here in Dallas-Fort Worth, have done extraordinary things, and they were sharing part of their story that was directly mine, you know, and I was just like, oh my God, you know, he, he has shame issues, what? Not this guy, or the, not this girl, and, uh, it, it, it was amazing, and and I began to realize what, you know, who am I? What am I going to do? Am I just going to to be in this negative environment and and just feel these things and that be it, or can I change that? You know, and I found a way to change. Right. You've been in addition to your twelve step recovery, you have been involved with Unity and probably other spiritual teachings and things for a while. How do those come together for you? Well, uh, you know, the great thing about unity that I will always tell forever is the acceptance that I found here. I was raised, my mom was a, uh, uh, we went to an Assembly of God church, and there's nothing wrong with the Assembly of God, but it was just a completely different fundamental thing than what unity is. And there were aspects of it that just made me rebel because I had a very rebellious attitude, which was looking for a chance to rebel against something, and they were perfect for that. So I didn't go to church for many, many years. I want to be part associated with religion. But after I went through this awakening and went through uh, 12-step stuff and felt like I wanted to go beyond that because I've always been such a curious person, uh, I found unity and uh, started coming to the church in Dallas. And just going through 12 steps and saying, okay, you can possibly, you can name, 
your higher power, what do you want it to be, was, 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 was amazing. And then getting through the process and towards the later steps, experiencing meditation and just pausing for a moment and going around with sponsors to different organizations was, was cool. What was great about Unity is that no one has ever told me what I had to believe. No one has ever told me I've got to do this and that. All Unity has done is nurtured me and just encouraged me and helped me find myself here. And that's opened me up to a whole new realization of what spirituality is and what it could be. And it's also exposed me to a lot of different paths. The thing I love about Unity is that they honor all paths to God, whatever that is. And I found that here. And it's completely different than what I experienced before as a child. Uh, so that really worked for me at a time when, you know, I was really finding a lot of people who were coming into the program and just really didn't like religion and spirituality or were angry at God. And and then I found them here. <laughs> Again, outside of the meetings, we were all kind of gravitating towards this amazing place, this amazing culture and community that's so supportive and, uh, you know, that, that's kind of what happened. That was my next step. In the book Alcoholics Anonymous, in the introduction to the first edition, it speaks, uh, uses the phrase uh, that, uh, of how the first 100 men and women have recovered with an ED. Yeah. What, is that, what does that mean to you? To be, uh, do you, and be, you know, there's controversy about that, and it's related to spirituality. Are we people recovering or are they recovered or is there a difference or does it matter well i'll tell you um that was pointed out to me by a by an organization that uh was called daa drug addicts anonymous aligned with 12 steps and everything but they were the first people that actually took me from cover to cover of this amazing book and i have it right here in front of me mine is the fourth edition the, one of the first things they pointed out was that you know this is a story of how many how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism, and they said, you know, we're not recovering, we're recovered. And I would be like, wow, that's amazing, and that would be my new catchphrase. <laughs> so I'd go back to my <laughs> other meeting and say, I'm recovered, and people would be like, what? Oh, you're all into ego, and, you know, that's the sickness, that's the disease, and uh, you're never recovered, you know, because it's all waiting for you right there and everything. And, you know, it's nothing against the people or anything, it's just an opinion. We just talk about what our experiences have been. But when I heard the one, recovered, and when I heard you're never going to, you are always recovering, I just didn't like the way that sounded. You know, recovered sound like more of a possibility in my brain than recovering and what I liked about unity was you know we visualize each other we we hold each other up as perfect whole and complete and there's no disease there's no ing in there it it is you know you are that and if you're a child of god or you have that innate spark of divinity within you you don't have to have disease you know you don't have to have sickness um, at the same time, the movie The Secret was coming out, and I learned how thoughts, you become what you think, what you are. And it just, you know, I really had a moment when I was sitting there saying, if I constantly tell myself I'm sick, I'm probably going to be sick. If I constantly tell myself I'm diseased, 
I'm going to be diseased. You know, if I'm constantly telling myself I'm an alcoholic, does that mean I'm just always going to be an alcoholic and I'm potentially living in the fear of falling off the wagon forever? You know, and not that I don't have a problem and there aren't genetic issues. I acknowledge all of that. But do I have to keep repeating to myself every day that I am that? Whereas these people who wrote the book, <laughs> you know, who made this all possible, thanks to, uh, are saying we are recovered. And that really gave me a moment of pause and made me think, okay, well, where do I go from here? What does that mean? Kevin, thanks so much. It's time for our second break. We're glad that uh, hearing all your thinking and what you're doing in your life, we'll be right back. And uh, it's a good time to give us a call or send us an email and with your comments, questions to get in the name for the drawing. We'll be right back. We are being called to vibrate from our internal space of love and light. From this space, all gifts of joy, peace, and prosperity flow to you. Won't you join us on this journey? Find your light and love by participating in a powerful sacred chant retreat this April 3rd through 9th in Nosada, Costa Rica. Join Sanatam Kaur, Guru Ganesha Singh, and the team of Spirit Voyage teachers as we tap into that place within love and light. During this retreat, you can immerse yourself in daily yoga, meditation, and the sacred sound current set against the tropical background of Nosada, Costa Rica. Space is limited. To register for the Spirit Voyage event, go to www.spiritvoyage.com retreat. We'll see you in paradise. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call him with your questions and spiritual challenges and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're glad that you're with us today. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. If you're just joining us, our topic today is Give It All You've Got, and my guest is Kevin F., and we're exploring the paradoxes of being a person in recovery. 
What does it mean to be well? Are we recovered or recovering? How does spirituality fit into this? We'd love to hear from you. Call us at 888-55-UNITY or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. I will get those emails. So if you've got a comment or question uh, for Kevin or if you would like to get your name in for the drawing for our book, A New Day, A New Life, we'd be happy to put you in there so kevin just to wrap it up uh our last segment you were telling us uh about the difference between recovering and recovered and uh, how that impacts you so yeah how do you see yourself well i see myself as as recovered and um i just kind of move on and do my thing and, and learn and uh i remember meeting I met this physicist once, a quantum physicist, who uh, did some interesting work, and he's, his brain, his mind is, is on the level of, of an Einstein, whose birthday we just celebrated, or Niels Bohr, some of the early physicists uh, of this century that were beginning to, to realize what the possibilities were with science, and were expressing spirituality through their understanding of science, you know? And I remember being with him one time and just telling him about, you know, disease and alcoholism. He's like, why do you keep calling yourself an alcoholic? You don't look like an alcoholic to me. I was like, well, you know, I'm a couple of years sober and da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, Kevin, do you, do you believe it's possible to heal yourself of, 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 of disease? And I was like, of disease, yeah. He's like, well, I mean, would you just go up to a cancer patient who's in remission and just constantly be preaching to them about how they have cancer and they're always going to have cancer. You know, would you feel right about that? And I was like, hey, that would be kind of weird to me. You know, I just don't know if I could do that. He goes, well, it's probably the same, you know. Whatever you want your world to be, you're creating that, and we know that. But if you're going to say it's going to be this one path and that's all it can be, then that's all it's going to be. We have that ability. And it, I was just like, really? He's like, yeah, so you can heal yourself through the grace of God and through spirit. You know, we're not taking God out of, or spirit out of the, 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 the equation at all. But that's what's been made available to you. You're an amazing, powerful human being. We all are. And you have the ability to create the kind of life you want. So if you want to be healed, you have that ability. And he said, you know, he's one of the people, too, that pointed out in that book, it says these people have recovered. They really don't use the word recovering a lot, you know. They just say you're recovered. So think about that. Think about what you want to be and how you want to express this. And I did. And um, I feel as though there's this whole spiritual component, too. And there are practices to do and keep up with that um, keeps me that way. I think I can always go back to my old life. All the craziness is waiting there for me if I want it. But I don't. What do you do and, uh, to, to practice your wholeness? What connects well, you with that? I do a lot of a lot of prayer, and in that prayer, I I don't really pray for things. I just kind of pray and become very grateful for what I have, and I start naming off the amazing things that I'm a part of that are in my life, the things that I have in a larger sense. Gratitude is very very important to me, and beyond that, appreciation is very powerful where you actually tell people how much you appreciate them and you thank them. Uh, There's gratitude, there's appreciation, and then there's just awe, (laughs) which is just this level of complete dumbfounded for the amazing miracle that life is, you know. 
So I, I try to express those different things. And then I actually have a list of prayers that I read almost every day at some point during the day, sometimes in the morning, sometimes when I have time. And it starts with a serenity prayer. And then I go to uh, what we used to call the third step prayer. I go to one of my old prayers when I was a child, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I feel really safe, you know. And then I read this prayer of Jabez about, you know, expanding my territory and enlarging my influence and having the hand of God with me, protect me from evil, and I will do no harm. Uh, And I just have a book that I go through from there, and I read some of these little prayers to myself that I picked up from people and just try to have this conscious contact and uh, just have this communication. And that leads into some meditation on my own, but I really, really like group meditations. I'm fortunate here at Unity to participate in a group uh, meditation that's held monthly by a gentleman named John Lipinski, and it's very powerful. And then when I'm doing my shows, I uh, have some meditations, like we did today for Japan, just sending some energy out there for those folks that could use it. Um, And then uh, I just try to surround myself with people who I I believe are positive, who are not walking chemistry sets, (laughs) and uh, they're going somewhere. And I try to you know, work in places and associate and align myself with people who I I think have things in common in terms of where we are. We're living in the present. Our past isn't an enemy. It's an asset that we use, and that marches us and pulls us into the future. And keeping those people around is very, very important, you know, and keeping people around that are a lot smarter with me than me a lot farther down the spiritual path. It's just like if you want to get better at playing tennis, you know, you got to play with a pro uh, because you're going to learn things, and it may be tough at first, but you know you'll you'll catch on, and they'll teach you stuff. And I just want to I want to always remain teachable and be around these amazing human beings that have so much to teach me. I know one of the ways that you are in contact with people who are on the spiritual path is through your radio network. Would you tell us a little bit about that? And what got you started with that? It's a it's a activity of service. It's really you're doing a lot of service with that. Yeah. Well, what I what I'm like to do in my life from here to whenever is uh, express my spirituality through through art. And I'm a multimedia artist, and I do abstract photography. I do video, and I also do uh, this audio thing, which is sometimes streaming audio, sometimes podcasting. And I created a, a station called Inlumnia, Inlumnia.com. And uh, it's a station with some people that do uh, shows with me. And it expresses what I feel is a certain brand of spirituality that is pretty hip. It's pretty cool. And it's in alignment with unity principles, I believe. But we also have discussions about things that, you know, you know, all things spirituality. And it's okay to have discussions and talk about things and see where we are on things. And it's taught me a lot. It's brought me, being able to interview some of the folks that I have and had on my shows, uh, folks from, you know, like I mentioned, The Secret and What the Bleep, you know, Greg Braden a few few weeks ago, it's just amazing, as well as just what I like to call common heroes, just normal people who are making their way in the world and doing amazing things on their own and just surviving and getting past the things 
that might hold most of us down. One of my buddies is named Jose. He's been in a wheelchair his whole life from Brazil, but his show is about rolling with Jose and just looking beyond limitations to where we can really conquer and achieve and become anything that we want to be. And and that inspires me. And uh, it, it teaches me a lot. And so it's an honor and privilege to do those kind of things and express what I feel is, is good to express through these different uh, media and different art forms. That's great. You know, um, we're just briefly here as we wrap up. Tell us uh, in a few words where you think the recovery movement's heading and how it's related to spirituality. Well, I see it, you know, Bill Wilson created one of the most amazing secular movements ever about spirituality. Uh, non-secular and uh, any, you can go anywhere in the world and go to those meetings and stuff now it's on television you can actually watch celebrities going through 12 steps kind of sort of they got to be careful with that but I think it's really headed to an amazing way I think a lot of the stigma that the that the uh, old timers talk about is slowly going away and I think it's really opening up the 12 step programs are opening up people to a whole new possibility of spirituality, and it's bringing a lot of lot of people in. I think it's directly responsible for things like most dating services. The number one answer to what religion are you right now is spiritual, but not religious. And uh, I think it's because of that. And uh, everyone knows someone that has an issue with alcoholism, whether they're an alcoholic or not, or everyone knows someone that's that's had issues with drugs. So. That's not going away, but I think there's more entrances in to different ways of helping others and finding help for people. And that's combined with the spirituality and this great awakening I think we're going through and experiencing. We're, we're beginning to help each other. I mean, look at the outpouring for people in Japan right now. It's truly amazing that it can happen so fast. After such a terrible event, we have the ability to immediately start helping and making a difference whether it's a physical thing or just sending our prayers. I mean, that's, that's really how close the world is. So I think it's all working hand-in-hand, hand, and I think recovery is, is making huge strides that's helping humankind make huge strides into this next millennium. Kevin, thank you so much. Uh, you've given us a big picture of what it is to be in recovery and what it is to be whole. Thanks for your generosity in sharing with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, listeners, join us next week when our topic is Treating the Spirit, and my guest is Tony Crawl. Tony's a treatment program director, and he's going to talk about how spirituality is a key component in recovery, how treatment is changing as uh, life moves forward here, and how spirituality is still the foundation, though, because it builds positive relationships all the way from family dynamics to productive political involvement. God bless. Thanks for listening, and know truly that you are in my prayers. Have a blessed and beautiful week. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. 
online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach for weekly inspiration on ways to identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, where your purpose is your prosperity. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.